Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You might remember this guy playing football for the LSU Tigers. He did win a national championship during his time there when it was the BCS. He was an all-ACC, I mean all-SEC uh, back for the Tigers as well. Spent time in the NFL with the Chargers and the Broncos. Joining us now is the one and only Jacob Hester. You can follow him on X at Jacob Hester 18 Jacob, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. You mentioned uh, BCS and also Chargers when I played there. They were the San Diego Chargers, mm. so that tells you just how old that I really am getting here. <laughs> that was a real when I was your age moment back in the day. We used to play BCS and in San Diego. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, so yeah. when you when you look at this thing and, and being that you played in a national championship in the BCS era now compared to the playoffs and how they decide this thing, we know there's been more controversy this year yeah. than ever. Do you think that this has been a better model, model, the playoff model that they have now, or the BCS back when you were? Or, uh, trying to win a natty? Well, I think four is better than two, and we fought a long time to get four, and for so long we did have two, and there's some really good teams that got left out of the BCS in that national championship game, so I was always in favor of adding. Now, I didn't ever think that we would get 12. I thought, like, maybe maximum we'd get eight. It just felt like they were so reluctant to give more teams an opportunity, so four is better than two, obviously, but I cannot wait for the 12-team playoff. That way we don't have to worry about what we're going through this year. There's more teams that deserve to get in than just four. So four's been okay, but I think 12 can be great. And Jacob Hester again joining us. You can follow him on X at Jacob Hester 18, host of Off Campus on Sirius XM and Sirius XM College Radio. And so we know where EJ stands. We know it's a former Seminole, but you are an SEC guy. Did you feel like that the committee got it right with how they decided to pick these four teams? No, I think Florida State should have been in. Um, I think when you go undefeated with the schedule that they had, they beat two SEC teams. Um, uh, they went through the ACC undefeated, and look, the ACC wasn't, you know, maybe where we thought it would be early in the year when North Carolina and Miami and other teams were playing well, but still, they went undefeated. They're Florida State. You know, they're not directional school state. They're Florida State. They're a huge brand, and if you beat LSU like they did, they go into the swamp, and they beat Florida. Florida's not great this year, but I've played in that stadium. I know how difficult it is, certainly with a backup quarterback, and they went in there, and they covered the spread. They did more than we, you told us they could do, right? And so, for me, if you're Florida State and you go undefeated, right, wrong, or indifferent, right? Because two things can be true. Like, Florida State should have gotten in, and Alabama can be one of the four best teams. But Alabama lost, right? I, I was on teams at LSU that may be even better than our national championship team, but we lost, and we didn't get in because of those losses. Did I think we should have? Yes, but we didn't, and you understand why. So... I think Florida State, man, if, if you're a brand like that, if you do what they did on the field, because this is the ultimate team sport, right? Football, all 22 have to be working in the same direction for it to go like it's supposed to go. And so you're telling 84 other guys on scholarship that you don't matter. You're not good enough to play in this game because one guy goes down. And, again, when you play at Florida State, you've got Sunday players all across the board, not just at quarterback. And I just felt like – Give them the opportunity. Allow them to go prove that they can do it without their quarterback. They've got a great defense, great running game, two Sunday receivers. 
and they're not going to be able to do that, and I don't think that was right. Jacob Hester joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline here on Media Row, Boston for the Army-Navy game. Yes, it's the ultimate team sport. Your alma mater had a pretty good individual playing quarterback <laughs> for LSU. Jaden Daniels, he's a part of the four Heisman finalists. Doesn't have the record that some of these guys have, but he certainly has the stats. A little Lamar Jackson-esque as we've evaluated it. What do you think about Jane Daniels' chances winning the Heisman? Should he be the recipient? Yeah, I mean, he's got great chances. And, and the way the Pac-12 championship game played out, I think that kind of secured him winning the Heisman trophy. I mean, you look at the Vegas odds. Now, uh, I am a Heisman voter, so I can't tell you exactly who I voted for I did just not mean yet. to almost get no. you in trouble. I apologize <laughs> for that. No, but when you look at the totality of his work, I mean, it's hard to deny the season that he had. I mean, he's had, he's had a generational season. He's going to end with the best quarterback rating of all time for a quarterback, and you add in that he's got over a 1,000 yards on the ground. He's the highest rushing yard per carry guy in the country, regardless of position. So what he's done, I mean, yes, he has the three losses, and it takes a uh, Johnny Manziel, a Tim Tebow, a Lamar Jackson-type year to win it with three losses, and he's kind of had that year. And then, again, you look at the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, you know, Penix is probably third going into that game, you would think, and he plays his way maybe into a different situation. Maybe he could be the guy coming up tomorrow night, but, you know, Bo Nix, it felt like if he would have led them on that drive at the very end of the game, that probably would have been his Heisman moment. So you've got three really good quarterbacks. What Jaden Daniels did, though, I mean, I never thought as an LSU guy I'd see somebody break anything that Joe Burrow did. And he's right there with those numbers and exceeded some of those numbers. How many years have you been a Heisman voter? Two. Okay. Second so year, gonna, I'm a newbie. Well, well, the reason I ask, I was going to ask if this was the hardest decision that you've had, but I have to imagine it might be with how well, many, yeah. I mean, with, <laughs> with how many yeah, people yeah. have been here. But even if you go before you were yeah. a voter, it does feel like this one was really hard to try to get a grasp yeah. on all season long because – I don't know how many Heisman moments that we had where, oh, okay, that's it, the Johnny Manziel yeah. moment, some of the ones you speak of. And while Jaden Daniels had a crazy season, he doesn't have the record that matches up, this one feels harder than a lot of the other races we've had in the last decade or so. No, it does. And, I mean, Michael Penix deserves to be fully in the conversation. And he kind of got left out a little bit. But 20 games in a row. You win 20 games in a row as a starting quarterback and put up those stats, then, yeah, you absolutely deserve to be in the conversation of winning a Heisman Trophy. And for whatever reason, people were kind of reluctant to give Michael Penix Jr. his credit. And I'm like, why, why are we sitting here? They're underdogs against a team that they've already beat this year. At the time, they'd won 19 games in a row for whatever reason. And it happens almost every year. Like, you don't get somebody like Michael Penix the love that he deserves. And so, like, it's been a very tight race. I think guys have put themselves in it. They've taken themselves out. Caleb Williams, a lot of us thought maybe he would have a chance to repeat something that's only been done one time, as we all know. And then, obviously, their season didn't go that way. So, I mean, there's even guys that you could add into the conversation that won't be in New York uh, coming up tomorrow. And I mean, a guy like Malik Neighbors, who Jaden Daniels threw to all season long, well over 1,500 yards. And so, it, it's a year where I think you have a lot of guys that certainly could be there in New York City, and it's going to be difficult. And I think it's going to be probably one of the closest votes we've had. Jacob, how excited are you for this Army-Navy game? and did, have you had any prior experience with this game, seeing it live in action? So my first one, a lot of, a lot of first years for me, uh, first time things for me last year, it was uh, you know the first overtime game. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, my first ever Army-Navy game to cover is going to be the first overtime game ever. And sitting there down on the sidelines, Navy completed their first pass in overtime, and it was for a touchdown. I'm like, this is the perfect Army-Navy type of game. And I played you know running back at LSU, but fullback in the NFL. So three yards in a cloud of dust is right up my 
alley. So these teams running the option, the offenses that they run, I kind of appreciate it. So it's an old school throwback to when we all played Pee Wee football and we all used to run like the Veer option in Pee Wee football. So I love it. Uh, you know, my dad is a Marine. My grandfather's a Marine on one side, Navy on the other side. So we were definitely a military family growing up and kind of my dad raised us with, you know, those principles and what we were supposed to do and what it's supposed to look like. And so, yeah, being here last year for the first time was incredible. Being back again is such an honor to be able to be here, cover this game, talk about this game, go watch the game. Was this a, a game as a kid that you used to watch a lot? Do you hold it in the same hierarchy as the Ohio State Michigans and all of those big college football rivalries? Oh, without question. Without question. And I was telling somebody right on the elevator coming over here, they were like, they saw I had my backpack on, I had an LSU tag, and they were like, well, how's this compare to a game in the SEC? And I said, look, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've played everywhere in the SEC, and there, there's great venues, but this game has a different feel because you know what it means. You know what the people on the field and, and where they're going and the ultimate sacrifice and all those things, but there's so many people here that are just here to watch the football game to watch the pregame. They're, they're not really cheering for one team or the other. It's a bucket list type game, and it's one of the best experiences I've had watching a football game. And again, like going across the SEC, all these great places that I've been able to play or watch a game, last year's game in Philly is right up there at the top for me. Well, and Jacob, here we are with a game that has such rich tradition. This is the 124th Army-Navy game that we're going to see. Even in the 1800s, we got the game. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, it feels like some of that is being stripped from college football with conference realignment. Yeah. We're, we're about to experience it, we expect, in the ACC. You have the Pac-12 being the Pac-2 and then yeah. just dissipating into non-existence. How does that affect you as you go back and look at college football with, you know, you having played in LSU, you talk about some of these arenas that you've played in before. Does it feel like it's being stripped a little bit with conference realignment? It does. And look, I played at a place that is going to get the, the benefit of the doubt, right? The SEC and the Big Ten. Those are the two conferences that have been able to get the benefit of the doubt. And and, you know, so the place that I played for, the place that I watch, you know, closely, they, they get that. They're, they're able to play with the big boys. No matter where it goes, I know LSU is going to be there, but it still, you know, doesn't make me happy to see the way that it's going. Like even growing up in Louisiana, I remember watching the Rose Bowl, watching it be Big Ten versus Pac-12 or Pac-10 at the time and, and appreciating that and wondering, can I ever go to that stadium? Would I ever play in that stadium? That looks just incredible. And so then I played in San Diego and got to watch some football out there and watch UCLA and U.S. I see a, a, a bunch and it's just it's sad it's sad that we're not going to get some of those matchups and you've got an Oregon State and a Washington State that are lonely on the dance floor they got no dance partner I mean they're sitting there wondering who they're going to play you've got some teams going to the Big 12 you got some going to the Big 10 and look I, I'm not a huge fan of it I know why it's done it's dollars and cents but some of those matchups that we've had forever that we grew up watching we're not going to get those anymore and uh, you know you lose a little bit of it. You lose a little bit of what you've kind of grown up on and kind of known to expect because now we're going to have, you know, Oregon Rutgers playing a conference game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I did want to ask you, me and Wes were talking last night, Wes having played in the ACC. We were doing the ACC nostalgia thing, and we ended up talking about Philip Rivers. Yeah. And you got to play with Philip Rivers oh, for yes. quite some time. The trash talking that Wes says, he was out there. You know, what was he like when he was like Yeah, the defensive guy said like <laughs> – during the play, as he's setting things up, he was talking trash in between oh, yeah. navigating pre-snap 
what he was going to do. What was oh. that like for you? What are the Philip Rivers stories? You oh, with, without question, he is somebody. Uh, man, Philip, I've never heard somebody talk so much trash without saying one swear word. Not yeah. one. I mean, he is creative with it, but he is just like if I said, Philip, I'm going to race you to the end of that room, he would say, okay, push me down and beat me to the end of that room. That's just who he is. I mean, he's a high school football coach. I went and watched him coach this year. He has not changed. I yeah. can promise you that. One of the stories, though, because sometimes he can't control it. We're playing in Oakland. We had already clinched our playoff spot. Oakland was our big rival. We had already beaten them once. This was the last game of the regular season. And uh, Rolando McClain was one of their linebackers. It was 2011. LSU was about to have a rematch with Alabama in the national championship game. It's third and one. I'm playing fullback. We're about to run a fullback dive. Pick it up. Game's over. And Phillips just talking trash to Richard Seymour and everybody. He's like, hey, Rolando, hey, it's third and one. I'm handing it to Hester. Bet you can't stop him. Here he comes. It's LSU versus Alabama. Before we get the game, who's going to win? I'm like, Phillip, I'm getting the ball. Could you not tell him what we're doing? And sure enough, I mean, we get the ball, we pick up the first down. But I'm like, Phillip, I understand what you were doing, but could you not tell the middle linebacker exactly where we're running this football on third and one? But, you know, he lost it a he little care. bit. He didn't care. That's a great story. And then the last one that we've got too, man, you know, we just had EJ over here. You guys host uh, the off-campus show on Sears XM. Uh, what dirt do you have on EJ? What have you learned about him that might be a bit unsavory? It's a safe oh. space, Jacob. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You know, EJ's like – He's rare because he's like a quarterback that has like a, a different mentality. I wish I had some good trash on him, but he's like such a good guy. He's incredibly humble, and I, I don't have any trash on EJ, unfortunately. Like, feels like maybe some other quarterbacks that have a lot of trash on him. Like, if we talk Danny Cannell, I could sit here yes. for the rest of the interview and talk about Danny, but EJ's too clean. He's got like a linebacker mentality. Do you think he looks like Wes? Because Wes has been mistaken for EJ Manuel. Yeah, oh, Jacob Fielding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 this is safe. Space, right? Yeah. It is. All right, so I hadn't seen EJ yet today because he got in late. I'm in the corner of the room. They're like, EJ's in the corner over there doing an interview with Charlotte. I looked over and I was like, I thought y'all said he was in a yellow hoodie, not a camo hoodie. Yes! I thought you were Man, EJ earlier. That's now, that's from across the room. You no, know, it's all good. Close. No, it counts. It yeah. counts, and you can't escape it. And, yeah. too, I was going to say, I see uh, that you went to Evangel Christian. I did. Uh, did you lose a game in high school? Because I know they had a lot of stretches <laughs> where they didn't lose at all. Uh, I think it, we made it into my junior year, I think, before we lost the game. We had a stretch where we were 60-0. and 0. Yeah. Yeah, we had, we had a really good stretch, man. I was, like, I was very fortunate in, in my lifetime. My quarterbacks in high school, my first one went to Florida. My second one went to Oklahoma. My third one went to USC. Yeah, because you had Brock Berlin, Brent Wall. Yeah, and then John David Booty. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that was Jacob Hester joining us, former LSU running back, former running back of the Chargers and the Broncos and host of Off Campus on Sirius XM and Sirius XM College Radio. Jacob, we appreciate the time and the stories. Yeah, absolutely. appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me. All right, no doubt about it.